0: and that is forgiveness. I will tell you right up front that if you are not a forgiving kind of person, if you are unforgiving, you are ruining your life. That's a strong statement. I stand by it. It's a devastating place to live. You are being eaten up on the inside by bitterness, anger, vengeance, And a whole lot of other things that are not nice. It will eat you alive faster than cancer or any other disease that you might have. Unforgiveness is sin. We're going to look at that whole concept. We're going to do it in a rather rapid fire uh, way this morning. But absolutely, we need to see this. I was sick, I got sick right after church on uh, last Sunday, and so I was kind of horizontal for the first couple days of the week, and um, one morning, I don't know if it was Monday or Tuesday morning, I'm laying on the couch, the news was on, and all of a sudden I hear this on the news, they have just voted down a born-again bill, a born-again abortion bill, I'm sorry, I missed the word. And I'm like, I was angry. I mean, I was sick, I wasn't feeling well, and I felt my anger go through the roof. And immediately, I, I knew what I was preaching today. I'm like, Paul, you need to practice what you're preaching, because you're angry. And if you don't forgive those people, now I'm gonna, I'm going to vote against them, and I'm going to do everything I can to see that The killing of unborn children does not happen in the United States. But the truth of the matter is, if I'm holding a grudge, and I'm uh, angry, and I'm bitter, and all those things, I'm the one that suffers. I'm the one that will pay the price above and beyond all the rest of the things. And so right then and there, laying on the couch sick, I said, Lord... I need to forgive them. You need to forgive me for being angry. Now, I know there's a place to be angry and yet do not sin, but I can tell you I was not being very spiritual at that moment because I was just simply angry. How can someone allow infanticide and not take a stand against it? That just totally is out of the realm of any kind of civilization or Christian viewpoint of any sort. So why should I forgive? I'm going to look at a bunch of different things. I told you, rather rapid-fire succession today. But I need to forgive because I have an enemy. That enemy is Satan, and he is the adversary, and he will take advantage of every possibility to tear me down, to uh, neutralize me as a Christian. He is an opportunist, and one of the opportunities he takes is when we are unforgiving, he steps in and says, see, this whole thing doesn't work. This Christianity stuff, this Christ stuff, this Christian life just doesn't work. And after a while, you can get discouraged and you can quit. I do not want to be taken advantage of by anyone. I am not going to give thee our... Uh, Uh, a person who takes advantage of us, Satan himself, that opportunity to tear me down. Number two, I know, and I already mentioned this, that I need to forgive because if I don't forgive, I am an unforgiving person. Unforgiveness is sin. There's a reason for it. Because our Heavenly Father has provided forgiveness for all of us. And He has made it available to us, and if we, He has made that available to us, I have to turn around, and I should turn around, and I should forgive others. Because they deserve it? Absolutely not. Because I'm a wonderful person? Absolutely not. But because I have a wonderful Savior, one who has done everything for me. He makes it clear and we'll look at it again in Matthew chapter 6 and also Matthew chapter 18 one more time in the future here is that if I don't if I'm not a forgiving kind of person and I'm not willing to forgive God says God says I won't forgive you either. That's a harsh statement. It's a blunt statement and it's a true statement. And then As I already mentioned, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, it says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. The word for forgiveness there is not the normal word for forgiveness. It's the word for grace, an undeserved gift, an unmerited type of favor simply this way, you could read it this way, is I give the gift of forgiveness because I've been given the gift of forgiveness. I'm one beggar just handing on what God has done for me. We love because he first loved us. We forgive because he first forgave us. That's exactly right. So I need to look at what does God say? He says, I already forgave you. I've already provided for you. And what you have done Think about this. Think about your thought life. Think about the things you've said. Think about about the things you've done or you would have liked to do. You don't even want me to know what they are, do you? I don't want you to know mine either. Because the things that I have thought and in my own mind are so despicable and so horrible, I wouldn't want anybody to know them. And you know what? God says He forgave me for those things. And so. Because of what God has meant in my life and what God has done in my life, I need to be a forgiving person. I need to be a forgiving person because I know that if I don't, it's going to eat me alive on the inside. It's going to make me a miserable person. You want to, you see a miserable person? I'm pretty sure that somewhere in their life, you're going to find some unforgiveness because it will absolutely drive you to be the most miserable person that you can be. And then, of course, I'm not, letting the, I'm not giving the enemy one foothold, not one little toe in the door. That's why I should forgive but that's not the end of it. Let's look at what the, 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 um, the definition is. The, the word in the New Testament for forgive means to send away. And if you want to know how far that goes about sending away, if you were to look this up, and you can easily do this, you will find that several places this exact word is translated divorce. And that's exactly what it means. It means two people were married and one of them got sent away. You divorced them that's this word. It literally means to forsake, to lay aside, to get rid of. I put it this way. It means to cancel, subtract, and dismiss. When you think about forgiveness that way, it absolutely makes sense, and it gets across the biblical principle. So if I forgive, I cancel it, I subtract it, I dismiss whatever that offense was against me. Now, I'm going to look at a little bit of a background. and and go down through a list of things here. Forgiveness is not necessarily dependent on confession from a person who has wronged me. It doesn't have to do with repentance of somebody else and say, I was wrong, so now I'll forgive you. It doesn't depend on any specific response on the part of the other person. They may or may not forgive you, but you need to forgive them. And it doesn't matter what they think. I need to unilaterally, that just means it all has to do with me, nobody else, I need to be a forgiving person, regardless of what they do. Remember what it said in Ephesians 4.32. I forgive because God in Christ Jesus has already forgiven me. I call that forgiveness of the heart or forgiveness from the heart. It must start there. Has nothing to do with even talking to the other person, interacting with the person. I need to be a forgiving person. Number two, forgiveness is always unfair. If it wasn't, you wouldn't have an offense. I don't care what the person has done against you. I don't care what they've said about you. I don't care how hard it was. I don't care how slight it was or It really doesn't matter. Forgiveness is always unfair. Why? Because they did something against you. And why should I forgive? I've had people in my office say, that's not fair. I mean, literally, loudly. That's not fair. Why should I forgive them? Look what they did to me. Look at that despicable, horrible, rotten, no good thing they did to me. And you want me to forgive? I'm like, no, no, no. I I do, yes. Yes. But you already saw why I should forgive. We need to be forgiving people. And it is always unfair to the one that needs to do the forgiving because you're the one that's been offended. But here's what I will tell you. It's always, always an act of faith. When Jesus explains this to the disciples, you know what their response was? Lord, increase our faith. Yeah, that's what they said because that's where I got that from. This is not easy. This is not natural. I don't like to forgive people. Boy, we got a horrible pastor in this church. (laughs) Except that you all just started laughing because you know you're exactly like me. Forgiveness is not an easy thing. It's not a fun thing. Think about it this way, and I'll get back to this again. When you forgive someone, you actually have to relive the offense. Let me, let me go back from last week's sermon. If you confess, there are a lot of people that don't want to confess because confession is not fun either. But when you confess, you're saying the same thing about it that God says about it. You say, it was a really bad thing I did to this other person. You have to relive it in your mind before you can forgive it. It makes it horrible. I'm reliving something I already know was wrong. Wow, that's, that's not fun. Now, let's flip the other side of the coin. If I'm going to forgive someone I have to cancel, dismiss and subtract something horrible they've done to me. That means for me to be able to do that, I have to relive what they did to me. I've literally not one or two lots of people have said I'm I mean, I've said have you forgiven the person yet? No, why not? Because it's too hard why is it too hard? Answer was exactly what I said, is to forgive that person. Sometimes it's a parent or sometimes it's somebody from a long time ago. It doesn't matter if it was yesterday or, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's to forgive that person. You have to replay that in your mind. A lot of people think, and they've said to me, well, if I forgive them, then I'm acting like it didn't happen. No, no, no. Because to forgive, you have to know what you're forgiving. You don't, it's, forgiveness is not a vague notion. It is a real fact. They did me wrong. They threw me under the bus. They said horrible things about me. They ruined my life. I need to forgive them. And when I'm forgiving, I have to remind myself of why I'm forgiving. What are the things they did against me? It is a very difficult time. But remember, it's always based on what Christ has done. We'll see that several times as we go through the sermon. Forgiveness, unforgiveness, I'm sorry, leaves us under the control of the other person. I've had people in my office when I told them, you are being controlled by that person who wronged you. Sometimes it's a spouse. Sometimes it's something from a co-worker. It doesn't matter what it is. And they're like, I am not being controlled by that person. They have no control over me. Do you know how despicable they are? you know how how much I despise what they did to me? And I look at them and say, your attitude and your words just told me you're still being controlled by them. Because what they did to you is still controlling your attitude. Because that's exactly what happens. We grant control to someone who has wronged us if we don't forgive them. My best illustration is this, and you may have seen on a movie or something, where there was a chain gang and there was a bunch of prisoners and they had a, a big old 25, 50-pound ball of steel hanging on a chain on their, on their ankle, right? Now, that does not mean this guy cannot try to escape. doesn't mean he can go, he can go anywhere he wants to. Except, guess what? every place he goes, he's either dragging the ball or has to pick it up and carry it, right? And so everything you do, if you're an unforgiving person, everything you do is being hindered by what someone else has done to you. The negative past, remember, something you need to forgive somebody from is always past and it's always negative. If it wasn't, there's no forgiveness needed. So you are now being controlled by the negative past. And the only way that you can get out of that control is you have to, by an act of your will, by an act of faith, by looking to what God has done for you, chop that chain right off. And now you can live life to the fullest. Oh, you can live with unforgiveness. It's going to eat you alive, and it's going to hinder everything you do. But you need to forgive. Otherwise, it's still controlling us. And then, forgiveness is holy and without reservations. Now, this does not, and there's a whole other sermon that deals with restitution and all those kinds of things. And what do we do if it's a contract or work situation or one of those things? In fact, is last night I stopped at a friend's house. And for the fifth time, I put a letter in his door. Because he won't answer my phone calls, he won't return a text, he won't uh, return an email, none of that stuff. For the fifth time, because he owes me money and he owes me uh, some stuff. Put it in there and said, call me. <laughs> you know, I know why he's not talking to me because he's done it to other people because I've seen him. Do- you know what? Call me. Even if you don't have the money, even if you don't know where my, my, my tools are, uh, call me back. If he walked in this door, and this is what I'm going to tell you, he owes me that, and I'm not going to let off on that. But you know what? I'm not angry at all. If he walked in the door right now, I would go back, I would shake his hand, I would welcome him, and I'd give him a hug. I'd say, glad to see you. Hey, good to talk to you. I'm not holding a personal grudge. That was a contract we had. That's a different story. We'll talk about that one. But the point is, and I, I could just say, hey, you know, forget it. I could do that too. I have the right to do that. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the personal things, the bitterness, the anger, the vengeance, those types of things. He is not gonna control my life. I will not allow anyone to control my life. That's why my my response to people is very different than. I would like to do sometimes. Because you know what? I am not giving... Any- I have a hard enough time controlling my life just on my own, much less letting somebody else get their hooks in me. I just can't do that. So I need to be a forgiving person. Whoops. And forgiveness does not necessarily void... Oh, sorry, I got ahead of myself. Okay. Forgiveness does not necessarily cancel the natural, personal, or judicial consequences of a sin or slander or behavior. Think David, we used him as an example last time. Yeah, God forgave his sin, but there were horrible consequences. And when a child died, the sword never departed from his, his family. There are consequences, and sometimes God says, "You do this. Here is what's going to happen." And God purposely brings consequences. I think He does that simply so we don't forget. So forgiveness gets rid of the bitter anger and those types of things, but it doesn't necessarily get rid of consequences. Forgiveness does not minimize the impact of the offense, but it verifies and says, yes, this is real, and yes, it is significant. Forgiveness also needs to have, at times, restitution, restoration, resolution. Those are different sermons, but there needs to be, at times, a resolution to the situation, and that is a longer process. But here's what forgiveness brings. And this is why all of us need to live in this direction. It brings inner peace. It brings freedom of not having our lives defined by the offenses we have suffered. I do not want my life, and I hope you don't, defined by anything other than my relationship with Jesus Christ. But if I allow unforgiveness in my life, my life is now being defined by something that's negative, negative something that I really don't want, and unforgiveness is self-destructive, health-ruining, life-altering, and deadly, and when I say deadly, I'm not mentioning words. Unforgiveness, people have committed suicide, threatened suicide. They've done all kinds of things. I've seen them all. I think I've seen them all, because unforgiveness. I know one person, uh, it's probably 10 years ago, he has never forgiven one person for making one choice and it's ruined his life. And he won't listen to me. He won't, he won't do what I tell him. And uh, he claims to be a Christian. And forgiveness is once and done, and once and done, and once and done, and once and done, and once and done. You go, what the world would you get? start stuttering? The answer is no, because people have asked me many times in my office, is, is forgiveness of another person, is it a once and done thing? The answer is, biblically it is, but it's biblically also an ongoing thing. And here's what I'm going to tell you is if someone wrongs you, offends you, whatever it is, you need to forgive them. It's done. You've forgiven them. But now you're driving along in your car, minding your own business, and all of a sudden a flash comes in. It's like, yeah, I forgave them, but I forgot about that, and now the anger and the bitterness comes back. Guess what? You need to forgive them again. This happens particularly when I've been dealing with people who have had an affair or their spouse has had an affair on them. It's like, okay, I forgave my spouse. But then they do something else, and I have to forgive them again. But then they haven't done anything else. But all of a sudden, I remembered. oh, I got ripped off that time. And what? They made a fool out of me that time. Oh, hey, I just figured out they lied to me. And I didn't even know that before. You know what? It's an ongoing uh, forgiveness that needs to be there. And it has to. This week, I talked with someone. Uh, whose spouse had an affair on him. And uh, I was telling him a number of things. And praise the Lord, he has a pastor who was telling him the right stuff. And I was talking to him. And I said, you know what? If your wife cheats on you again, because he had just told me, I've I've forgiven my wife, but I I would never forgive her again. I said, listen, I'm going to tell you right now that if your wife, and I've seen it way too many times, it's usually not the end. I hope it is, but but it many times isn't is if she cheats on you again, you're going to need to forgive her again. And she said, because I had told him that not everybody likes my counsel. He says, hey, Paul, I now know why people don't like you. <laughs> he wasn't being nasty to me. He was just saying, you're telling me very hard things I don't want to hear. And he hadn't forgiven the other person yet either. The point is, it's difficult. It's not fair. It never will be fair. The only thing that makes it doable is what God has done in Christ through us. Remember, the most unfair thing that ever happened? 2,000 years ago, a perfectly sinless person who offended no one died for you and your sin. Oh, and by the way, for the person who offended you and their sin. Christ died on the cross. The most unfair thing in all the universe in all time. So think about it. In the light of what God has done, that's how we operate. Now, what is the standard of forgiveness? We already alluded to this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12 says, this is what people call the Lord's Prayer. It's really a model prayer for his disciples. And forgive us our debts as we have, that means already forgiven, our debtors. You go, wow, hold on a second. Are you saying that God won't forgive my individual Particular sin. If I don't forgive somebody who sinned against me, the answer to this is yes. And you go, I don't know. God's a loving God. Wouldn't He do whatever? The answer is, well, He can do whatever He wants. But He also told us what He will and won't do. And so, I believe the disciples who were listening to this had it in their mind. It's like that doesn't make sense. So what does He do? He continues down after the prayer part is over. He says. For if you forgive men their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Okay? So he's just going back and repeating it and saying, if you forgive their transgressions, you're a forgiving kind of person, then you come to God and he'll forgive you. But, now he goes into the negative. If you don't get it the positive way, he's going to go in the negative. But if you do not forgive men, then your heavenly Father will not forgive your transgressions. So if you're wondering if this is something that God takes seriously, the answer is yes. In, in three or four verses, he three different ways, three times, he says the same thing. You need to be a forgiving person. If you're not willing to forgive other people, he basically says, don't bother coming to me, because I've already provided everything you need to. What is the process? I've never used this word until the last few few, um, months of time, but uh, the word snowflake involves up there. I'm going to tell you that, I'm I'm going to tell you, people are laughing at me, I'm going to tell you that as Christians, you better have a Christian armor. A snowflake is someone easily offended and ruined by the very tiniest little thing. You know, there's a snowflake, you touch it and it just like that. You know what? Don't be that kind of person. That's the first part. Do not be easily offended. You go, can you prove that biblically? The answer is yes, I can. First of all, when it talks about love, it says love does not take into account a wrong suffered. So I'm not going around taking accounts of who did what to me. Second thing, it says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In other words, I do not allow the offenses of someone else to overwhelm me very easily at all. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, we already saw verse 32, but look what it says. And and, uh, this is a whole sermon itself, and I'm just about out of time. But it says, let bitterness and wrath and anger and slander, uh, uh, clamor and slander and all malice be put away from you. He's saying, listen, don't go looking to see, well, they looked at me wrong, or they said something, or they didn't include me, or they didn't shake my hand on Sunday morning, or you name whatever. If I was offended at every time somebody said something negative to the pastor at Garden Chapel, I'd be long gone just the way it is. And I'm, don't, I'm not bragging about that. I'm just saying that's the way you should be too. Because if you're hypersensitive to every little tiny thing, I'm saying you miss something. Bitterness, wrath, it means rage, temper, indignation. Anger simply means you, you, you've gone too far. You've taken whatever happened to you and went too far. Clamor is that I make a big deal. i got to go tell everybody and then I land up being a gossip and all kinds of other stuff. Slander means I'm using abusive languages, I'm busting their chops verbally. And then it says with all malice. All you have to do is have the word malice there. Because malice in essence at its core means ill will. I'm just mad. I've just got a vengeance. I'm just bitter. I just don't want anything to do with them. I'm writing them off. Whatever it is, you're simply being very negative to that person who did something to you. Are there real offenses? The answer is absolutely. Are all offenses the kind of offenses that you need to get uptight about? The answer is no you need to have a thick skin that is given to you by Jesus Christ. We have God's armor. We don't have to be a snowflake. That's the bottom line. It needs to be forgiveness from the heart. Before you can do anything else, you need to forgive from the heart. Now, notice how this progresses. He says, don't be torn down by these things, on the other hand, now we're going to the positive, and be ye kind one to another. Kindness simply means I have a gentle disposition toward other people. I go out of my way to serve that person, to put that person above myself. It's another word, there are three words in the New Testament for good, this is one of them. I just go out of my way for the good of the other person. Tenderhearted. I'm sympathetic, I put myself in their shoes. Sometimes with well, the offenses we think come from somebody else, you realize after a while you're the one that started it. <laughs> and then you wonder why they reacted the way they did. Look at it from their side of the point, point. And then it says forgiving. Remember what that means? Be gracious. Give them a gift. A free gift. That's what it says. Now, if you wonder if this is easy, you don't have to wonder anymore. Because the very next verse... Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. You can't do it on your own. You're simply imitating what God has done for us. Forgiveness, there's a time when somebody confesses. You need to forgive. And when you forgive, it's like Peter. Should I forgive one time, two times, three times? He says, no, 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 no forgive up to 70 times uh, seven times peter says hey i'm 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 a, I'm a really spiritual guy he says, no 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 jesus said 70 times 7 in other words he's saying you're not keeping track remember love does not keep accounts and then what about after being confronted i'll I'll come back to this verse in uh, a future sermon but it simply says if a person comes to you you've you've Call them on the carpet. They come back and say, Hey, I was wrong. I repent. I was, I've changed my mind. Forgive him. And if he comes back to you seven times in the same day saying, I repent, forgive him. And I'm telling you, I'm with you right now because I put it in yellow. They said, The apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. You know what? Because you're not going to do that on your own. What? I'm, I can handle that, right? right? You can handle Maybe twice. But if they do it to me a few more times, I'm done. I've had it. I'm going to blast them. Unless I'm living by faith. And that's the apostles understood that. So I'm not making it up. I've got it right from the scripture. And then what if the church confronts someone? You know the story here. I'm going to make it as short as possible. Is in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, there was a man living in incest with his stepmom. And they didn't do anything about it. The Apostle Paul said, I've decided, even though I'm not there, I'm going to set this side, guy aside uh, to hand him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. You shouldn't have anything to do with him. You need to judge him, avoid him, don't associate it with him. And it ends with a quote from the Old Testament, remove the wicked man from, man from among yourselves. They excommunicated him. They did exactly what the Apostle Paul said. This man obviously, in the next letter Paul writes to them in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, he comes back. Now this guy obviously had repented. He had changed his life. He got what he deserved. He, he got what he was, they were supposed to do. They finally did what they should have done. He says, sufficient for such a one is the punishment which was inflicted by the majority. In other words, this wasn't just the leadership. This was everybody in the church, the majority of the people. And so, on the contrary, you should rather... Now, listen to what this says. If you think this is harsh so far, rather forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overcome by sorrow. Wow! I've always, always said this, and we will have a whole sermon on this, is church discipline is never for simply punishing somebody, but it's so that person would come to their senses, get back in fellowship with the Lord, so that you can move on together. That's exactly what happens in this. I propose to you, and I'm done for the, the sermon this morning, but if there's unforgiveness in your life, please do not let this day go by. I would have said don't come to the, the, uh, the communion meal tonight without getting this straightened out because you shouldn't be taking communion. But We're not, not going to have it tonight, so I can't use that. But here's what I know. Why allow unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, and all those other things to control your life one more day? I'm not going to ask you to do anything here, but all I know is if you know there's unforgiveness in your life, You need to get taken care of because it's making you miserable. Jesus said at the end of the parable in Matthew chapter 18, he says, he had forgiven the guy everything, and he says, you're going to be tortured by the torturers until you forgive your brother from the heart. He couldn't pay him back. There was no way he could pay him back. But God had forgiven him, and he says, you need to turn around and forgive the guy who owed you a couple of years' wages. You owe 10,000 lifetimes. You need to forgive him. And until you forgive him, your life's a mess. I don't want you to be living in the negative past. I don't want you to have a ball and chain. And I don't want you ruining your life. And neither does God. I want us a congregation to move forward with an absolute clear conscience. Forgiving people. By the way, the person sitting next to you might be the person you need to forgive. I don't know. All I know is... If you don't, it's one more day of misery. Let's all stand together as we close. Father, thank you that you don't pull punches with us. You tell us like it is. And Lord, I pray that we would not live in unforgiveness, but that we would be a forgiving kind of person. Lord, that's what you've designed for us. That's what you've provided for us. And that's what you demand of us to do so that we could have a clear, open fellowship with you, that we would absolutely be willing to forgive those who have offended us in any way. Lord, thank you so much for reminding us of that. Work in our hearts and our lives as only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Go with God. Be safe over the next day.